I love the project of naming God. It's something that I take joy in, that I like doing time and time again. God, of course, is ineffable, beyond what we can know or even express. Our limited mortal human minds just simply cannot grasp the vastness of the divine eternal presence. So we still have to talk to God, and we can name God. We can describe how we experience God in the everydayness of our lives. That is something that we do know. That is something that we can touch and we can feel, and it's tangible. There are particular moments in all of our lives where we can point to feeling a special presence with God or God working in us. And I would suggest that those are times where we can name God. The naming of God is a practice within our tradition that has been lost, something that we don't engage in. My mind goes back to the Hebrew scriptures. If we think back to Hagar, who was a servant of Sarah's wife, Abraham, and uh, Abraham's wife, Sarah, and Sarah couldn't conceive children. And so she said, Abraham, take my servant, Haggai, and, uh, Hagar, and have a, a, a child with her. And so Abraham did, and Sarah got really jealous, and she started treating Hagar poorly and abusing her. So Hagar ran out into the desert and was by a spring of water, and there God appeared to her. And we read in Genesis chapter 13, and Hagar called the name of the Lord who had addressed her El Roy. For she said, did not I go on seeing here after he saw me? She named God El Roy, God who sees me. What a beautiful name for God that is. Here is a woman out in the middle of nowhere in distress, not sure what to do. And God sees her in the middle of where she is. And she names God. It's a practice we hear time and again in our scriptures. Abraham names God, God our provider. Gideon in the book of Judges, we hear God our peace. And it's not just in the Hebrew scriptures, it's in the Christian scriptures as well. In the Revelation to John, we hear God as the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. And there's beauty in that, that everything is bookended by God, and everything in between happens within the context of God. The author of Acts says it in a better way. It says, God is the one in whom we live and move and have our being. Another naming of God. In the Gospel of John, there are many names for God. It starts with the naming of Jesus as the Word, the Logos. The thing that was before anything else and continues to be. And then Jesus names himself. He speaks in metaphor, taking ordinary objects from everyday life to convey a deep spiritual truth that couldn't be conveyed otherwise. 
These are the I am sayings, the sayings that our prayers of the people for this season of Easter are based on. We hear Jesus name himself the bread of life, the light of the world, the gate, the resurrection and the life, the way, the truth, and the life, the vine, and finally, the good shepherd. The good shepherd is what we are here celebrating today on this fourth Sunday of Easter. It's always Good Shepherd Sunday, the fourth Sunday of Easter, and what we concentrate and focus on. It's an interesting title, The Good Shepherd. It's one that I feel that we normally reserve for the end of life. You know, there's reasons for this. If you, if you look at how Jesus is describing how he is a good shepherd in our gospel today, he says, I give them eternal life, and they will never perish. No one will snatch them out of my hand. There is comfort and joy in the image of God, the good shepherd, like that. Two of our other readings today are also readings that we commonly find at funerals. The second reading from Revelation, in that reading we receive a vision of heaven and we hear that God will write, wipe away every tear from their eyes. And of course, then we have Psalm 23, the original source of God as our shepherd. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I shall fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. And so we are very comfortable, we're very used to having this image of the good shepherd at funerals, in the moments of dying, but I can't help wonder if we reserve this image of the good shepherd to the end of our lives because we've somehow lost touch with the origin of the teaching. I mean, the names of God are descriptive. They're trying to put into words something which cannot easily be done using everyday things, but a shepherd is no longer a communal shared experience. Most of us will never know a shepherd within our lives, and if we do, modern farming is so different than it was in the ancient world that the meaning will have changed. So is there something here at the core of good shepherdness that can speak to us in our lives where we are? There are a few things I hear in Jesus using this metaphor of good shepherd. One of the things that I see is that there is intimacy. This is a relationship of knowing and being known. Jesus says, my sheep hear my voice, I know them, and they follow me. I'm reminded here of my cat. Stella knows my voice and responds to it. I've been having one of my friend's sons stay with me for a little while, and Stella can tell who comes into the house because when I call out her name, she recognizes it and comes running. She knows the various timbers of my voice. She knows when I'm praising her. And she knows when I'm not so happy with her and her ears go back. And conversely, I know her voice too. I know when she's upset or frustrated or content or happy. I know she, when she wants to chase the birds and she chirps. 
I wonder if the good shepherd is more like this, that intimacy of knowing someone's voice like you know your parents. God, the good caretaker, could that be a name that we would use? There's also ownership in the larger passage of John, which we're only reading a portion of today. We hear that the sheep are Jesus's own. We hear throughout that passage, own, mine, belong. There's this sense of ownership. There is a possessiveness in our relationship with the divine. It's not an equal relationship, and it's not quite ownership, but we belong to God in the way that sheep belong to the shepherd. We are holy possessions, wholly owned by God. And that can be a glorious thing to be. Maybe not ownership in a transactional way that we think about, but perhaps something that points us to our complete dependency on God, our complete reliance. And so do we name God our owner, the holy possessor? Is there meaning in that? In the Good Shepherd, there is also protection. The shepherd protects the sheep, drives away any sort of threat. Jesus says in our gospel this morning, I give them eternal life and they will never perish. No one will snatch them out of my hand. Jesus protects us with the sacred hand. The gifts that Jesus gives us are protected by God. We are protected by God. The good shepherd bestows upon us eternal life and nothing can remove that bequest because we are held in Jesus' hands. So I wonder if we name God sacred hands of protection. What would that mean to you? How would that affect your relationship with the divine? Finally, I think there's guidance to be found in the metaphor of the good shepherd. Jesus says, I know them and they follow me. And from the psalm, he makes me lie down in green pastures and leads me beside still waters. God is our guide. The one who leads us forward when we don't know the way, when we can't see the path. And God is leading us to good things, things that we need, things that we crave. So do we name God the Pathfinder or the North Star or our divine GPS? Maybe that's an option. Because that's an everyday, ordinary thing that describes how God acts in our lives. And God is our guide not just through the easy parts of life, but the light of our path through the difficult times. Again, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I shall fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. God is the one who keeps vigil with us. 
on sleepless nights when everything just seems too much. God is the one who is fully present with us in a doctor's room where we receive a dire diagnosis. God is the one who accompanies us through the ways of grief and anger and pain and anxiety. May we remain God's sacred guide or holy companion. This day, this Good Shepherd Sunday is, yes, a time to reflect on the name given to Jesus in our scriptures. But I wonder if we could expand that, if we could see at its core this project of naming God, to see this day as an invitation to grow our relationship, to deepen it by finding our own names for God. To look at our common language and our experience of God and to try and put that into words. I honestly think if God had come in the person of Jesus now, these metaphors, these names would be different. Ignatius of Loyola reminds us that our imaginations can lead us into discovering who God is. And so I invite you to take up that call today. To this week, name God. Find out who God is to you and then to take that name and to pray with it. Breathe with it. See what it opens up for you. Allow God to be present with you through this name and allow yourself to be present to God in a new way in the everydayness of your life.